Blog Talk Radio. You say, for more years of traps, not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry when you see breaking news, cause you know Trump's a really dumb guy. Why so sad? You know that we proved our derangement in 2016. Now he's making us mad. Remember, despite his arraignments, he's still there. We'll fight back on the show that is called Liberal Dan Radio. We'll fight back on the air. Call me up and show me that you care. Listens rise, ratings fall, and I'll keep broadcasting through it all. So subscribe, don't be late, and you'll hear me on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday nights at 8. Da 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 coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also uh, join us in the chat room, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Come to the episode page. Make sure that you have a blog talk radio account, um, and you'll be able to join the chat as well. Um, and if you're listening after live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread over at, actually there is no show thread currently at liberaldan.com. There usually is, but today I didn't make one, but I could make one later. If there, if there is one, you can make a comment there. Otherwise you could also respond, uh, facebook.com slash, slash liberal Dan or at Twitter at liberal Dan radio as well uh, we are coming at you live after the day three of the convention i've been doing live streaming on youtube uh for each of the conventions that i announced on both here um on the show on the episode page i did mention that i am doing this uh after the fact so it was going to be a little bit late tonight so sorry if, if you missed the show today because I normally do it at 8. Um, but you can follow, if you make sure to f- subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Uh, or if you follow me on Twitter, um, at liberaldanradio on Twitter, or facebook.com slash liberaldan, you will, you will get the notifications as well of when the show is going to be. 
and I'll try and keep you as well informed uh, if you wish. Um, let's see. So we got lots of things to discuss. Um, you know, you had Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris, giving her speech today. I think her speech was great. I think uh, President Obama's speech was great. Uh, I think Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi all had good things to say. Now, of course, if you watch my, if you watch the rebroadcast or the, or the, if you look at my YouTube channel and see the, um, see the review of, of, of what I did today, um, there, there's some interaction between myself and folks in the chat that sometimes go off what's being talked about live. So I just wanted to kind of ex- maybe explain that. Um, but I mean, if you, so if you have to look at the live chat to see what's potentially going on. Um, but so there's a little bit of that going on. I tried my hardest to not talk over the other people. I didn't talk much over Senator Harris at all. Uh, I also, um, you know, but I didn't talk, you know, over while some other people are talking about those issues and other issues as well. Um, one of the things that is one of my biggest concerns for this election um, is that I want to make sure that we have, that everybody knows whether or not they are a registered voter, make sure that whether or not everybody knows that they are, you know, have been purged or not. And that's the most important thing. We want to make sure that people know if they've been purged or not. Um, are you, are you still a registered voter? We need, we need to make sure that one of the things that was talked about tonight during the course of the uh, day three of the convention was to make a plan. And that what that means is to have a plan to vote. Make sure that you know like when you're going to vote, where you're going to vote, et cetera, how you're going to vote. But included in all of that, you need to make sure to know if you can vote, because we all know, we, I bring this up all the time, uh, you had the case in Georgia where you had the voter purges in Georgia. You had the case, even going back to 2000, the year 2000, that election, you had a voter purge that took place in Florida that reduced and eliminated the people uh, who could vote. Um making it so that it was easier for George Bush to win Florida, which he did. So we need to make sure that there is a, that there is a clear, that we know when these voter purges are happening, we need to know that if, who gets purged, I think I talked about this at the end of one of the live chats, but I want to discuss it here too. Um, We need to know if if it takes, you know, if, if we can't get a list, like let's say you go to Secretary of State and say, I want a list of the people who are purged. Can you give that to me? And then they say yes. And it's like, okay, I would like to get that list. Because we should be able to determine on that list who's on that list and notify those people because I don't trust the government, the state governments that do these purges. Uh, I don't trust them to adequately and accurately inform someone who's been purged that they have been purged. So we need to reach out to those people and say, look, according to the Secretary of State, 
you were purged from the voter rolls. If this is a mistake and you're still a valid voter in that state, you need to go register to vote ASAP. Make sure that you are registered so that you can cast a ballot in this election because this is vital that we do this. Um, and, if, and if they can't give us the vote or if they won't give us the vote or the list of the people who were removed from the voting lists, if we can't get that, if we can't do that, we need to then make sure that we have the list of all the voters. But we need to know when that voting purge, the list purge is going to take place. We need to make sure that we get a list of a list of all of the voters in the state beforehand, a list of all the voters in the state afterwards, and then compare the two lists and see who's missing. By seeing who's missing, we'll see who gets purged, and by seeing it gets then notify those people, hey, you've been purged again. Make sure if this is correct, if you want to cast the ballot in the next election, which you should, uh, make sure to go re-register to vote. Get that done. because And, and it's, it's easy to register to vote. It's easy to cha- even change. Like, I can change my voter registration online. I don't know if you can make a new registration in Louisiana. I'd have to check that out. But you need to, we need to make sure that we do not have any shenanigans that are going to keep Eligible voters, eligible voters from the polls. And we need to make sure that everybody in every state, and I'm sure they're on this part, but I'm going to rant about it still to make, to make sure. We need to make sure that every state has is, is known what the voting policies are, who can absentee ballot, who can cast an absentee ballot, who can vote by mail if it's not officially an absentee ballot, who can vote early, when does early voting happen, and why. You know, in Louisiana specifically, uh, there are the, the idea being proposed uh, that's, that's going to be discussed in the legislature would not allow immunocompromised people to cast an absentee ballot during a pandemic. Let's just make that clear. The Republicans, because the Republicans control the legislature. Um, Republicans control the House, the Republicans control the Senate in Louisiana. As we have a Democratic governor because he managed to beat the bumbling fool that was Eddie Rispone this last time and the whoremonger four years prior that was David Vitter. Uh, so he managed to do that. Surprisingly enough, so He said that he's not going to sign anything as it is. He wants it to be revisited. He wants it to be rewritten and I guess to include other things. But here's the thing is that I don't know if him not signing it is going to mean that there's more protections or there's less protections. So we'll, we'll have to see what the end result is. But the, what the Republicans want is they're going to limit absentee balloting to military, elderly people, uh, people who test positive for COVID-19 during I guess early voting, people who um, who are not going to be in town during the election. Now, I don't know, I don't know how you test that. I don't know how you prove that. I don't know if you if you just have to sign an affidavit that says I'm going to be out of town, and then oh, I changed my mind. I'm not going to be out of town, but since I already cast my absentee ballot, I felt it would be a violation of. The- I don't know if you could do that or not. I don't, but I'm not going to encourage – with something that's this important, I'm not going to encourage people to try and get around the law. We want to make sure that every vote is cast by the law. And 
well, there was one more. I think there was one more. But there was a very small list of people who could. And then look, most of the people that early voted in the other elections that have taken place during this pandemic, they did so. And most of them were people who were like elderly. And that's fine. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why absentee voting happens. Of course, you know, Trump votes by mail, which is stupid. Um, so big shout out. First of all, I, I did miss this at the beginning of the show. Do I do want to give a shout out because I see that he is watching the episode as it is. So a big shout out to my little brother, the host of the most Nimbusios, who brings you the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast on anchor.fm, anchor.fm, the Percy podcast at the Percy podcast on Twitter. Check out his show. I, I don't know if he, I don't think he's made a new show since I've submitted uh, what my, my message to him on Anchor. Uh, I I'm, I'm definitely want to hear his response to that message that I left for him. So, because it, it was meant to be quite humorous and it was also a double, uh, had, had extra meaning to it uh, if you know the subject matter. So, um, but yeah, big shout out to him. <laughs> also a big shout out to Demonox. Uh, who is on Twitter, who has his podcast as well. The first Liberal Dan Patreon, if you do want to support Liberal Dan Radio, patreon.com slash Liberal Dan, and you can support the show by commercial advertising and as such. Um, well, if you do, he might be producing his show tonight. Hmm. But maybe, he should, maybe, maybe you should let me know what the topic of the show is going to be, and we can see whether or not I can... Uh, do that connect thing and we could uh, we're not going to fully form Voltron tonight but maybe we could test it out and see how it works uh, if you shoot me a message to let me know I do have to do some work on my fridge after the podcast but um, we will see maybe if, if you feel up to it doing it tonight we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot if you feel like you want to do it otherwise we'll do it another day but one day me Nimbus Yosh and Demonox are all going to form together and do a super show we're going to form Voltron um, and that should be amazing. I mean, we only have three lines, um, but me and me and Nimbus Yosh are two large guys. We can we can take the place of two lions. What the heck? Um. Anyway, uh, anyway. So you could again, and then you could also. Uh, he also has a Patreon. Uh, Percy podcast also has a Patreon. I encourage you to support that as well. So, um. Where was I? Where was I going to go? Anyway, uh, so yes, making a plan to vote, getting out to vote, and making sure that you can do it legally and making sure that you don't get prevented from voting. Because, I mean, while provisional ballots are a thing, we want to make sure that all the votes get counted. We want to make sure that everybody who's registered to vote can be registered to vote. And look, I would like to believe that the Democratic Party, that the Biden Harris campaign are going to do what's needed to be done in order to um, in order to make sure that people are notified when they're when they're when they are purged and that people can do that. I mean, I know they're already dealing with the um, <laughs> he's in the chat room now. I'm in the building. Uh, so uh, the smooth sounds are coming from inside the house. <laughs> so the um, I, I would like to believe that that the Democratic Party is going to have all their ducks lined up in a row, but 
considering the fact that despite Hillary Clinton winning by 3 million popular votes, that she lost the election by 70,000 votes. I can't, just can't trust that the, uh, that the party is going to get all those I's dotted and T's crossed and make sure that we have everything. So I'm going to harass the heck out of people. I know some people who are in party positions too. I might have to say, do we know what's being done about tracking voter purges and making sure that these voter purges are accounted for and dealt with when they purge legitimate voters from the rolls? So we notify those people because that's, I think that's going to be key. I think that's going to be the key, one of the keys at least to helping to topple Orange Julius, to getting this lying, Cheeto-fingered, tiny hand, confetti person, woman, man, camera, TV idiot out of the Oval Office. The, that's that's the way it's going to be done. We're going to have to campaign not just hard, but smart. Not just smart, but hard. Not hard, but smart. Both ways. Need to get it done both ways. Because they know what they're doing when it comes to cheating. The Republican Party knows how to cheat. They know how to disenfranchise voters. They especially they know how to disenfranchise black voters because they've been doing it ever since black people were given had their right to vote protected finally uh, by uh, constitutional amendment. Even though it should have never had to be a constitutional amendment because, but you know, we had to start this country off treating black people as if they were three fifths of a person. So because of that, we had to, you know, make constitutional amendments to say, hey, not only are black people people, but they get the right to vote just like everyone else. And then we had to go deal with the Jim Crow. Oh, how many beans are in this jar? Can you pronounce the preamble of the Constitution perfectly, 100% without a mistake? What's the fifth word on the seventh line of, of the Georgia election code or whatever it is? So... You know, these the roadblocks, the Republicans know what they're doing when it comes to, I should say, conservatives know what they're doing when it comes to disenfranchising black voters. Because as we had, I always have to have this discussion. I had this discussion during in the YouTube chat. I had two. Now, look, the two conservatives that were in the YouTube chat, you had one conservative, one, I think, more moderate right leaner, still a Trump supporter. But, you know, I think there are varying levels of their conservatism. Um you know, that it brought up, the issue came up, and one of them was insisting that it was, oh, well, the Democrats are the party. I guess I shouldn't mock him because he was being nice. I shouldn't use his accent at that point. So he was saying that the Democrats were were, were the party of, of the KKK and of slavery and of the South, and they're the people that that were wanted to keep slavery upheld. And yes, it was true because the Democrats at the time were the conservatives at the time, and the conservatives slowly – transitioned over to the Republican Party, and it started uh, after, you know, slavery was ended, after the union was reformed back together. Uh, after that Voltron was formed, I guess it was more of a car Voltron than lion Voltron, but um, you uh, you had, you know, they slowly you had Strom Thurmond, who left the Democratic Party, became a Dixiecrat, ran, ran for president as a Dixiecrat. Uh, then, you know, people slowly moved away from the Democratic Party, and then Strom Thurmond became a Republican, and other elected officials who were Democrats became Republicans. Even some of them who remained Democrats were still conservative as crap. And, and the, uh, and the uh, whatchamacallit, um, 
and, and the voters and the voters were, you know, you had Ronald Reagan. Well, well, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. Nancy, where's my medicine? Anyway, so that's what he said. Um, Win one for the Gipper. Uh, my my Reagan. I think I've done better Reagan Reagan impersonations before, but well, um, you know, he said that. He and then, as I said during the YouTube response tonight, in, in discussing of that, the, I think the the completion of the transition from from conservatives just switching completely over from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party was the Southern strategy of Richard Nixon, who saw a bunch of disenfranchised white Southern Democrats who were conservatives who didn't like the fact that the Democratic Party was picking up the mantle of social justice, picking up the mantle of equal rights, daring to treat black people as if they were equal. (gasps) The horror of it all. I should have had a should have had a uh, whatchamacallit, a soundbite ready for that one. Uh, okay, let's say that again. Daring to consider that black people should be treated as people just like everyone else. There we go. So, <laughs> um, but you know, you had you know, Nixon. He said, We're going to target the southern states. We're going to, we are going to get these. White voters away from the from the Democratic Party and support the Republican Party. That's Richard Nixon, and then he, uh, and then that worked a little bit, and then Reagan continued it. And in Philadelphia, Mississippi, the site where three civil rights workers were murdered, he then makes the announcement that, you know, it talks about after the after the 1980 convention, he goes to Philadelphia. He starts bringing up states' rights on town. And of course, you know, conservatives love the myth that is states' rights. It's a myth. Not real. There's no such thing as states' rights. States have powers. People have rights. But they conservatives love it. And the people that were shouting that states' states' rights, that states had the right to own slaves and have slavery and this, that, and the other, and, you know, treat people and, you know, whatever. And nowadays, this trade states have the rights to discriminate against gay people and trans folk. The myth of states' rights, and it was always conservative. It was the Democrats back then. It's the Republicans now. It's always, 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 always been conservative. And if you're going to say, well, Dan, how can you say that there's states' rights as a myth? Don't you believe? Don't you know your Constitution? Yes, I do know my Constitution. Well, why do you say? Well, the Tenth Amendment. Really, the Tenth Amendment, do you say? Well, can you please show me in the Tenth Amendment where it mentions the word right anywhere in the Tenth Amendment? Well, it doesn't say. Well, that's because it's not a right. It's a power. And people don't want to understand that. And they insist on using the word states' rights to define and, and to grant to me. Conservatives are just so baffling to me because they're so, they, they hate government so much. But then they want to give government something as precious as a right. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, that they that they then want to give government, say that government has the right to do something. Not the power, but the right. People have rights. States and people have powers. Ninth Amendment, Tenth Amendment. 
read them both, conservatives, you will then know that states' rights is a myth, and you should stop saying it because it shows that you do not understand the document that you pretend to love but then wipe your ass with. Anyway, so, uh, but I'm always having to explain this, just like I'm always having to explain the um, the whole idea of whenever I talk about Donald Trump and how he is a racist. And well, first and foremost, let me let me talk about let me let me Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Full stop. If you vote for him again, you're a white supremacist. Full stop. Now I am not spitting these lyrics as good as David Diggs did, but he what I heard that because I as I said I think last week I, I was a new to TikToker and I I I heard I've seen people using that. And on the liberal TikTok, people have been using that, you know, Donald Trump is a white supremacist, full stop. If you vote for him again, you're a white supremacist, full stop. And people have been using that and lip syncing to it or whatever. And, and I heard it, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, and I, and I look at my wife, and I'm like, I think that's David Diggs. And I go ahead and look it up, and sure enough, it's David Diggs. And, and so you know... I mean, obviously, by listening to this program and listening to the new introduction that I have to the program, that is no longer the the um, the, uh, the corruption, greed, xenophobia, right? That one. We no longer have that one. We have the "We'll Fight Back" version, which which Nimbus Yosh, host of those first podcast, cringes at. Uh, but that's fine. He, he's allowed to. I'll make my wife cringe with it too. But it shows the fact that I've been really obsessed with Hamilton since watching it, since it became available on Disney Plus. And the fact that, you know, and I want to, when this comes back, I do want to perform the real You'll Be Back at karaoke. Not my my parody version, but the real version. I do want to do that. Um, And I also want to, um, I also want to do both. Uh, it must be nice and guns and ships at karaoke. And if I can get it done, I will be rather impressed with myself because those are the two parts where David Diggs raps really fast. And so if I can get that accomplished, I think, you know, I'll be quite impressed with myself and I'll, it will be fun to do. If I don't do it, I'll just make an ass of myself. Oh, well, but anyway, so that, but again, when I, when I showed, when I, say, when I say, when I use it as examples of Donald Trump's white supremacism, his, white, his support of white supremacy, I always use the fact that in 2016, he campaigned on a, quote, total and complete, end quote, ban on Muslims entering this country. Now, I probably think I could put the quote at the end of the country, because I think that's all part of it, but I always make sure to emphasize Total and complete, because that is what he campaigned on. And without fail, every single time (laughs) in the chat, uh, singing is cringe in general, nothing personal. You did great relatively. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Other people have have said that I did a good job with it, too. So, I mean, I appreciate that. But anyway, every single time I, I mentioned that Donald Trump campaigned on a total and complete ban of Muslims entering this country 
and use that as an example of his racism, his bigotry, his white support of white supremacy, his 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 absolute his xenophobia, his using an entire religion and using xenophobia and fear of that religion to try and win an election. <clears throat> Adolf Hitler. <clears throat> Adolf Hitler. Um, they say. But he, he used Obama. They'll say like, oh, but he used Obama's list of six countries to ban. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about what he implemented. I'm talking about what he campaigned on. He campaigned on a total and complete ban of Muslims entering this country. That means that he wants to implement a total and complete ban of Muslims entering this country. That he did not get that far yet does not mean that he'll try to he'll not try to do more later. That's the thing. People cringe at the commentary and at the at the comparisons that I've made before of Donald Trump and Adolf Hitler and how Donald Trump was using many of the tools that Adolf Hitler did when he rose to power. And because when people think Adolf Hitler, they think nineteen forty five Adolf Hitler. They think Adolf Hitler you know, before he ran down into the bunker and committed suicide, Adolf Hitler, they're thinking concentration camp trains and people and gassing and burning people alive. That's what they think. Well, since Donald Trump's not doing all that, then he can't compare him to Hitler. But that's not what that's, you don't start worrying about whether or not the Nazis are coming again by if they've completed the Nazi plan or if they've gotten full Nazi in that they've implemented those camps and have exterminations going on. That's not where you start the worry. You start the worry about people being Nazis when they start acting like Nazis at the beginning. You know, I always ask the people who cringe at this, who, who, who fight back against my, my analysis, I'm like, look, at what point is it, does it start being okay for me to be concerned that somebody is acting like a Nazi, that somebody is acting like Adolf Hitler? What point can I do that? Because to me, the point you, you start worrying about it is the point where they start doing it. So when you start by blaming an entire religion, by saying you want to ban an entire religion from coming into this country, when you start that way, when you start the campaign by saying, oh, we have the, uh, as Adolf Hitler said it, the Lugan press. That's what, that was his word for lying press. Now, maybe I didn't pronounce it in the best German, but I don't speak to German that well. But Lugan Press, Lying Press, fake news, it's the same thing. It's the same concept. We've seen this playbook before. We see that they've, that the defense is putting eight in the box, and we're still going to try and run the ball. That's stupid. Sports analogy. Um, Nimbus Theos, the host of the most Love our sports analogy We had a lot four years ago, let me tell you um, But yeah if you, you see that they are going to Defend the run and you're not going to Pass It's ridiculous Or on the other side of the ball If you see the <laughs> Sports ball, yes If you see that the offense has five Ride receivers You're not putting eight men in the box Now, you might not you don't want to necessarily give up on the run because they might put five wide and do a QB sneak or something, if it's, especially if you have a good mobile quarterback, but whatever. 
I'm sorry. Let, let, let me have uh, Trump say my, you know, whatever. It is what it is. There you go. Speaking of that, I love Michelle Obama. I loved her speech. I loved that she brought up that this basically said that he did not. He is not the person we need right now. He is not the person. I should actually. I should get that. I should get that too. I should just play the two back and forth, having him saying, "It is what it is," and having her saying, "It is what it is." Just having both on there. Oh, that would be nice. That's a good idea for the for the next podcast. So, um, but for people who just refuse to see his white supremacy and, and fight back. But, and, and, but here's part of the problem. And again, it goes back to one of my older shows, or my, I think it's one of my more recent shows, but it's one of my previous shows where I basically discuss why Barack Obama was wrong with his address that he gave in 2004 to the Democratic National Convention. You know, e pluribus unum, unum, one of many one, I could play the whole thing if I wanted to, but you, you, you've heard it before. Um, there's a, there's not a white America, there's not a black America, there's the United States of America, there's not a conservative America, there's not a liberal America, there's the United States of America, and everybody cheered him, and it was a great speech, and I uh, it was a great speech, but it's wrong, especially today. It's not valid today, and he, I think even Obama tonight pretty much at least pointed that out that you have the people who are rejecting that one America ideal. So even he kind of said that tonight because it's true because you have people you know they're being revealed of supporting nazism and that's like the worst thing that you could do in america in white supremacy america the worst thing you could do is call somebody a racist not be a racist but call somebody a racist you call somebody, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe you call me a racist. I'm not a racist. I have black friends. Oh. Or or they respond back. This is my one of my favorite ones, or relatively speaking. The real racists are so-and-so. If you start off your sentence with the real racists are, you're a racist. Because you're trying to deflect, dodge, and ignore the fact that racism is about, when especially especially when we're, the, the racism that is being discussed, when racism is being discussed, is about systemic oppression. And the real racists are the people that call white women Karen. Nimbus <gasps> Yoshi <coughs> in the chat room. Two things Republicans hate, being called racist and black people. Well, most black people, I would say. Oh, actually, no. They do hate all black people. They just tolerate some. They tolerate some individuals, like the ones like Candace Owens and the other ones who will dance a little dance and um, be happy for working in the house. Um, as Oh, if, if you just apply yourself and work better, you, you, you too can work in the house and things will be so much better for you. You know, the people that support the lie that, you know, I've won. One of my friends on Facebook, um, names starts with a V, and he, uh, he always, he's been repeating the whole thing, the, 
They might not hate black people, but they don't see us as people. Yes, <laughs> they don't. Republicans don't hate black people because they don't see them as people. So the Republicans, <laughs> that's 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 the thing. It's like I hate saying the term, but Republicans don't hate black people. Republicans hate the blacks. That's who they hate because that's the word that they use. Blacks are doing it. That's another way to tell a racist. If you call, if you're referring to people as the blacks, you're a racist. Get over it. Stop it. Stop saying the blacks. It's ugh. the only person who I who I'm okay with saying the word those words. I mean, there are black people saying it. I'm not going to correct them, obviously. But there's the there's the comedian who who does the perfect Trump impression. And Frank Caliendo, he does an okay one. He does a pretty good one. But there's the other one, J.L. Chauvin, who I think it's pronounced. I mean, if he's from here, it's J.L. Chauvin. It could be Chauvin. Who, who knows? But uh, he, he does a great Donald Trump impression. Uh, he really pronounces the S's. It's, it's a bounty. The bounty we were talking about was the paper towels that I threw in Puerto Rico. And he did such just a good job. And when, there was one time we was talking about somebody. It was like, and you know who loves me the most? Who I'm the best president for? The blacks. And he did it. And I was, I was like, dead. Because, I mean, he, he, he took that bit of racism from Republicans and just made it part of the impression. And, oh, it's just so perfect. Yes, as he says, the blacks. Like, we're a different species. Uh, that is what many of them would probably say behind closed doors, at least. Um, we had an interesting, it was an interesting conversation that I had with one of the people who were involved in the YouTube uh, live stream um, in that we had a, a person. I was like, he was like, I haven't seen much racism before. And I'm like, where do you live? Where, where do you live? Come on, let me know where you live. And he was like, you know, he said to some, some, some hillbilly town in Southern Indiana. I'm like, okay, do you have a lot of, do you have some, do you have how many black people do you have in your town? We have some. Like, do you talk to these people? Do, do they? Are you friends with any of these people? Like, really friends with them, where they would trust you? Because there are a lot of I think white people who think that they're friends with black people, who are not really friends with with these black people, because those friends quote supposed friends of those will never trust them enough to tell them about what it's really like. To be black in America, you know, they're never going to be invited to the cookout. But guy was like, I said, have you talked to them about racism that they've witnessed or experienced while living in your hillbilly southern Indiana or Illinois town or wherever it was? And I and he was like, yeah, they've talked about it and they've said. that when the, the white people in the town talk to them, that the people are overly friendly to the point where it's just seen as like, oh, that's nice. Like being like treating, like just, just going above and beyond with the friendliness that, that it's not legitimate. It's not genuine. That it's, that it's just, you know, they know that when, they leave that the, those same white people are going to be like, I can't believe those people still live here or something like that, because that's the way it is. And I was like, look, you, you have to understand. So, so if you see that, look, you've seen racism. 
problem is, is with privilege, he doesn't recognize and realize the racism. Just like, you know, and, and, and just that's why when black people say that something is racist, you need to listen to them and say, look, you know, you know, this is racism. It doesn't mean that, that you can, if, if, one blur, if one black person tells you, that's not racist, you can go ahead and do that. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have the right to do it or should go ahead and do it. Like, you know, um, if one black person said, sure, I, well, I don't mind if you drop the N-bomb, that doesn't mean you should do it. But if black people are saying, look, this shit's racist, listen to them. Just like I would expect people to listen to me and other Jews, when we say, this is anti-Semitism right here, right here is this meme that was shared by President Donald Trump, or at the time, candidate Donald Trump, with a Star of David over money, with Hillary Clinton on it. Even though Hillary Clinton's not herself Jewish, this meme is anti-Semitic. Oh, but it's just a Star of David. It's not a Star of David. Shut up. This meme is anti-Semitic. Trust Jews when they tell you that people are being anti-Semitic. Trust black people when they tell you that people are being racist. Trust Muslims when they're, people, when they're telling you that people are being anti-Muslim. Trust Hispanics when, people are, when they tell you that people are being anti-Hispanic. Uh, as uh, Nimish says in the chat, sometimes we're wrong, but we need to be considered. Yes, absolutely. There, there are, you know, just like tr- listen to women when it comes to sexual assault. You know, that Listen to women. Let, let the woman make the case and, and listen to her. Trust her. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Take the information. And maybe it turns out that the person's full of shit, cursing a lot today. But it's after dark on Liberal Day and Radio again. Unfortunately, it is not after dark with the with drunk people. Uh, well, although maybe it's fortunate we don't have that one particular person who was drunk who turned out to be anti-Semitic. But um, but no, like, I mean, there was the one time I think, let me, let me point out, come back. The, there was the rodeo clown that wore the Obama mask and everyone was like, oh, that's racist. I'm like, no, but the rodeo clown wore a Bush mask and a Clinton mask and a Reagan mask. And so I think that's evidence enough to say that just simply wearing an Obama mask is not racist. It's not, it's not the same thing as blackface. Wearing an Obama mask is not the same thing as blackface. Period. Full stop. Um, wine Karen. <laughs> yes, that, that woman was definitely a wine Karen. Why, or maybe a wine-o Karen. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, so when people were saying that he was racist, I was like, look, you know, unless you have evidence that he was in mask doing other things that were racist, which then would make him racist, but it's not the mask that made him racist because he wore other presidential masks as well, and that's just his role. He makes fun of the president. You could make fun of the president, just like I could make fun of anybody. You know, I could make fun of somebody who's black, but that doesn't make me racist. Now, if I'm making fun of him for his blackness, then yeah, that makes me racist. That's the difference. So, ugh. It's been a long day, too. Um, I had a just a side note, last night my refrigerator gave an error code and we had to go run all my food to my mother-in-law's house while we, whilst we defrosted it. And now we're waiting on, or we're cleaning the shelves and, and we're waiting on it to go back uh, to being cold so we can go, go back to my mother-in-law's and get all the food again. 
Um, so let's see. If he was eating a banana or something, yes, yes, absolutely. Or if he was doing, if he was doing any of the typical racist tropes, or if he lifted up his presidential mask and was wearing blackface underneath, you know, whatever. Yes, that was right. But no, not just a mask. And so, you know, but again, as I've talked about, you know, I think there are some of the people who were trying to say that there was a mask or, you know, those are the people that we like to deem the overly woke folks, the ones who just take everything, um, go back to the old comedian. Uh, I don't know if he's old, but he's older. Like I remember him in the nine from the nineties and on, on uh, comedy central back when it just, it just used to be full stand up all the time. And the guy would be like, my, my uncle saw racism in, or my dad saw racism and everything. Why are the green olives in the jar and the black olives are in the can? That's racism. Yeah, that's the type of overly woke stuff uh, that we are talking about. You know, when, when people just, just make everything. Like the people who overuse the word mansplaining. Yes, people, with, people do suffer from correctile dysfunction. People do are sexist and condescending. It's a phenomenon that exists. But sometimes they're just wrong, and it's not sexist to tell them that. And the people that do want to just overuse that term then become just ridiculous and part of the overly woke as well. Anyway, I'm going to end the show right here because it's late and I want to go to bed. And I've done two hours of a live before this. So we're going to go ahead and call this an end for this week. If you, I'll be back tomorrow night on YouTube.com slash with a live stream of the last night of the convention. Uh, there's anchor.fm.liberaldan for the minicast, facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldanradio on Twitter if you want to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash liberaldan as well. But if you miss all of that, I'll be back next week, same time, same channel, or different time, same channel, 8 p.m. Wednesdays, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Next week, Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio, up to the left, that's right.